Hello and welcome to my channel. My name is Melinda Cusera. I'm an independent fantasy author. I write books about found families, forbidden magic, ancient evil, reluctant mages, and the heck of a lot of magic. They're epic fantasy adventures. And that's what I'm here to talk about today. My books. My next release. My current work in progress. And whatever else the characters decide they want me to say. So let's start off with why there's no video other than pictures of my books and other artwork. My webcam is not working all that well. It's the pictures very blurry, full of lots of artifacts. So we're not going to do video this week and maybe not next week either. I have to figure out a better camera situation. This week you'll just have my voice. I hope that's okay. So let's get started. Uh, welcome to the week of September the 5th. I'm a little bit late in getting this out. My newsletter already went out earlier this week and if you were on the list then you read all about Rand's complaints about me again. If you're new to this channel or new to my books, Rand is a fictional child in the Cursebreaker series. He's fictional, yet somehow he is able to write emails and handle my newsletter. I'm still not sure how exactly he manages that since he's fictional, but it is what it is. So what did he have to say about me? Ran writes, well readers, the Rings of Power came out this past week and Melinda, our scribe, who is also reading this to you, is obsessed. This is Ran, Saren's son, and your host this week. Well, he's the host of the email I'm Melinda the Scribe. I'm the host of this YouTube channel. Okay, I'll stop editorializing. I star in every Cursebreaker book ever. If you want to read more about me and my hero, my papa, then please pick up any book in the series. I'll meet you inside. Back to my point, though, before I lose it again. The Scribe loves the Rings of Power, even though there are changes to the lore in it. But some of the changes are necessary because Amazon does not have the rights to the Silmarillion, which covers the First Age, a bit of the Second Age, and a summary of the Third Age. The scribe just finished reading it, so now you know. And that's true, I did just finish reading it. There was a lot in it. I have many thoughts, many questions. I really hate Feanor. But so does everybody else who has read The Silmarillion, so I'm in good company. Anyways, back to the email that Rand sent out this week. But they did allude to some of the events that were in the Silmarillion that they don't have the rights to in interesting ways. So our fangirl slash author, which is me who is reading this to you, is happy. Amazon has the rights to only the prologue and the appendices from the Lord of the Rings, as well as the Lord of the Rings itself. So that's what they are basing the show on. Tolkien left many gaps in his second age writing for other minds to fill in. So it'll be interesting to see how Amazon does that. Our scribe will probably love it no matter what they do because Galadriel is one of her favorite characters. If you've seen the show, then you know Galadriel plays an important role in the Rings of Power. If you've read any of our books that features our two queens, then you know why she likes this younger, bolder, more impetuous Lady of Lothlorien. Do you see any parallels between Galadriel and our Queen Shaari, the person our country is named for? Curious characters want to know because we see it. And there will be more in the sequel to Cursebreaker Revealed. If you ride Cursebreaker Trapped, then you know what's coming. Just a quick reminder that Cursebreaker Revealed will be available in our store on September 11th to purchase and read or listen to. 
and it will publish to all other stores on September 27 to honor Melinda's, my deceased sister's memory. And I'll go into why about that in a minute. The paperback might publish earlier so we can order a final copy without that gray band that all the proofs have around it. We like to have a copy on release day. So true. I love holding it on release day. We can't buy a copy unless the book is live, and we want one. It's our precious. Sorry, I couldn't help putting in that little reference to Gollum from The Lord of the Rings. And that brings me to my next problem. The scribe has not only watched the first two episodes three times, I've actually watched them another time since Rand wrote this, but shh, don't tell him that. But she's also watched a lot of reaction videos and breakdowns on YouTube and TikTok. While she was doing that, she wasn't writing, and we can't have that. Her characters need their page time. And what did I do about that? I put on my big character pants and met with Robin of the Robin of Larkspur books. Her books are in the writing queue right now, but I trust Galadriel and her warrior elf energy to influence describe and get her back to working on my sequel. Ran is talking about Cursebreaker Jousts. I'm trying to get a meeting with her to talk about it, but she's a hard person to find. If you saw the first two episodes of The Rings of Power, then you know why, but I'm a persistent character. I chase that page time like Galadriel chases Sauron, and I accept nothing but success. That's why there are nine books in the Cursebreaker series. That is my quest. But I will continue on it after we perform an intervention. Oh, really? He's going to perform an intervention? That's news to me. Well, after Robin performs the intervention, I got her all fired up about that, then wandered away to see what Bear is up to. I don't want the scribes to get mad at me. I want her to get mad at Robin and punish her by writing my books. See what I did there? Yes, Ran, I see what you did there. And while I do very much want to work on Cursebreaker Joust, right now I'm committed to finishing Rogue Ranger, which is the third book in the Robin of Larkspur series, because I really need to rescue the two babies that got kidnapped in the first two books. But Robin has decided that she doesn't like the outline and she's going to go and do whatever she wants to do and screw the plot, screw everything. But I mean, at least she is heading in the right direction. She is on a mission to save her daughter. She's not going to save her in the way that I thought she would. I have no idea where she's going with this and I really need her to stop trying to harm a character who has to survive until Curse Breaker Enchanted. If you didn't know, Rogue Ranger is, well, it's the sequel to Rogue Knight, which is a secret to, sequel to Hunter's Knight, and, but all of them collectively are prequels to the Cursebreaker series. So they can't permanently remove any character who is in Cursebreaker Enchanted from the narrative or from our, the fictional world that I have created. So she needs to calm down and behave. Maybe I should work on Cursebreaker Joust. Maybe that would ice some of her enthusiasm for destroying a certain character who needs to survive. Not to think about that. But damn it. See, there it is. Ran putting ideas in my head again. Trying to get me back to working on his books. That's why his series has so many books in it. He's really good at getting me to write his books. Well, I did come on here to give you an update on where I'm at. And that is that I'm working on Rogue Ranger. It's about 40,000 words right now. And... I have literally no idea where we're going with this because Robin has completely destroyed the outline multiple times and I've given up trying to predict where she is going with this. So I'm just going to follow along and hopefully we eventually get to the rescue part. So we'll see about that. But I did also want to come on here and talk about Cursebreaker Revealed. It is the ninth book in the Cursebreaker series 
And in it, we finally have an event that I'm really excited about and that people have asked about over the years. When is Ren going to get revealed? Well, in Curse Breaker Revealed. And it was a really fun book to write. They went totally off the outline on that one, but I expected it. So the outline really only had 10 points and they did eventually do all the 10 points that were on the outline, but they also did like 40 other things that I hadn't anticipated, but it was really fun. Uh, my editor loved it. I have one beta Rita and she read it and she absolutely loved it. She's bugging me for the next one. So Fran might get his wish sooner than I planned. We'll see. So let's talk about the release. If you're a patron, then you already got your copy on August 27th or 28th. So cool. Please don't spoil it for anybody who hasn't read it. If you're not a patron, then you can join my Patreon. I have a lot of different levels. The lowest levels gives you access to literally read the books as I'm writing it. And you can make comments. You can ask questions. Ren would love that. Actually, I think Robin would like that too. That might encourage you to go even more off the rails. Maybe we just don't encourage that. The book needs to end at some point so that everybody can read it. And a lot of the levels, I actually give you a copy of the book once it's done. That so you can read it as it's being written and then you get an actual copy once it's finished before anybody else does. I mean, once it's edited and finalized and then the patrons get it and then we do a pre-sale on my website and that is going to start on September 11th, which is a sad anniversary. I live in New York, so even though it's been years since it happens, it's an event that's never far from my mind or my heart. And I'll have links to all of that. But why are we doing it this way? Well, one is that I did publish all chapters from Curse Baker Reveal to Kindle Vela, and they have a rule that you can't publish the book until 30 days has passed since the last episode posted, and the last episode posted on August 10th. So 30 days later is September 10th. So we're going to be putting it up on pre-order on September 10th, and then the pre-sale on my website will start on September 11th. That way we know we're totally free and clear. I have a link to Cursebreaker Revealed's webpage on my website, which will have all the links to everything as soon as they're available. That'll be in the description, so you can check that out and click through and check out Cursebreaker Revealed. And I thought it'd be really fun to do a reading from it, since I can't put out a preview as I usually do, because it's in Kindle Vela. So as soon as I get it out of Kindle Vela, then I can do preview of the first 10% of the book as like a downloadable EPUB or Mobi file. So let's read. Let's start with the official blurb about Cursebreaker Revealed. Sarn faces his worst nightmare. His son disappeared and his best friends beaten and left for dead. To top it all off, the man who almost killed him five years ago might have his son. Sarn can't defeat him alone. Not when his magic will force him to obey that psychopath's orders. But what choice does he have? Once indentured, a man can claim nothing as his own, not even his son. With his home gone, there's nowhere left to hide. The truth is out, and it could destroy Sarn and his family. Cursebreaker Revealed is the third book in the Revelation arc. All secrets will be revealed. All lies will be exposed. The truth will out, and it will drag everyone into the light. No one will be spared. Who will survive the reckoning? Find out in Cursebreaker Revealed. So let's turn the page and let's see what's going on. What is Ran and his family up to now? What trouble are they in? Chapter 1. A Chance Visit. 
Before I read this, if you have not read Cursebreaker Trapped, please stop. Don't go any further because this spoils the ending of Cursebreaker Trapped. It picks up literally minutes after it and it will tell you basically like where they ended up and they did not end up back in the same place where they have been at the end of the book. It ended in a completely different place than usual. Okay, everybody who hasn't read Cursebreaker Trapped is left. Okay, let's go. Sarn followed his son through the corridor that led to the other side of the mountain where Inari and Nolo lived. But he didn't hurry, and that wasn't so Myron had enough time to finish his homework. Last Friday's visit was short and awkward, and Sarn doubted this Friday would be any better. But worry twisted a night in his gut despite that. One Friday, Inari wouldn't be home alone. Someone would visit, or Nola would take a sick day, and he'd see Ran. It was inevitable now, and there was nothing Sarn could do about it except to try and choose times when Nola wouldn't be home but his hours were erratic since taking over for Jerlo a few weeks ago. How long would the commander take off from work? Another week? Surely not more than that. I wish he'd go back to work like normal, so Nolo could keep regular hours again. Sarden hadn't looked for Jerlo after their last run-in. I don't want to talk to him. Stop, Papa! We're here! Rand jerked his arm backwards. Sarden blinked at the door in front of him. It wasn't a long walk, but he couldn't remember any of it. I see that. Are you sure? Because you would have walked into it if I hadn't stopped you. Rand looked at him with skeptical eyes and raised both brows in a silent question. Thank you for that. I don't want to walk into any doors. Sarn rubbed his face. He needed to think less and pay more attention to his surroundings. You're welcome. Rand knocked on the door in front of him. Inari, are you home? We came like we promised. The door opened. And I'm here like I promised. Inari smiled at Ran, and he smiled back, but her voice had an edge meant for Sarn. This was all his fault. Is Nolo home? Sarn rested a hand on Ran's shoulder to stop him from entering. No, he was called to a meeting about an hour ago. Come inside. Inari stepped away from the door. She wore the same blue dress as last Friday, but she'd pulled her hair back. Thank God he made time yesterday to do some laundry, so he and Rand both wore clean green tunics and trousers today. I hope that proves I'm a good parent, but it might not, and the threat of discovery hung in the air like a storm about to break. Are we going inside? Because that's where the cookies are. Rand pried at the hand on his shoulder. His son was right. They couldn't stand here on the threshold all afternoon because Sarn promised to meet Nolo at 20th Bell. It was rude, and it wouldn't help his case. What would help at this point? Had they already passed the point of no return? Sarn shoved those thoughts aside before they could depress him. I won't lose Ran. I'll do whatever they ask to keep him. It was hard letting go, but Sarn did, one finger at a time, until Ran slipped out of his grasp and trudged inside. Sarn swallowed his trepidation and followed his son. He still felt like something was wrong, but he couldn't figure out what. The living room was neat and clean, and every rug, blanket, and pillow was in its place. Sarn stepped over a light-colored throw rug so his boots wouldn't leave black marks on it. His magic didn't sense anything amiss either when he queried it, but worry coiled around his gut and squeezed it, despite the lack of evidence to support the uneasy feeling tensing him up. Did you make any cookies? I'd promise I'd bring Uncle Myron some. Rand sniffed the air and smiled. Thankfully, he didn't sense that anything was wrong. The boy was too trusting. Yes, I did. Would you like one? Inari gestured to the kitchen, 
but she didn't take her eyes off the door. Why was Inari so tense? Did she think he would hurt her? Is everything okay? Sarn rested a hand on his son's shoulder again and stopped the boy from going any further into the apartment. Ran glanced around. I don't see anybody else here. Why wouldn't everything be okay? But he stayed close to Sarn. I don't know. That's what I'm trying to find out. Sarn called up his magic, but it didn't stray far from his side because he was tired and tense. It just scanned the hallway where they stood. But that wasn't helpful. Ran backed up until he stepped on Sarn's boots. Are we in trouble? I don't know. Sarn squeezed his son's shoulder, but he couldn't find out if they were in trouble until Inari spoke. You can tell us what's wrong. If there's a monster here, Papa will get rid of it, and I'll help. Ran turned his cuteness on Inari and smiled. That was the last thing she expected him to say, and it melted her reserve. There are no monsters here. Well, there might be just one, but Sarn kept that to himself, because he felt like a monster for what he'd done to her. Do you know what always makes me feel better? Ran tapped his chest. What? Inari crouched to be on his level. Cookies. They make everything better. We should have some. Ran bounced on his toes. All his worries fled at the thought of cookies. Inari laughed and extended her hand. And so we shall. Ran clasped her hand and slipped out of Sarn's grasp again. They strode through the living room to the table at the edge of the kitchen. But Inari kept glancing at the door behind him. Was she waiting for someone? No, she couldn't be. She promised not to tell anyone about Ran. A bad feeling sliced through Sarn. Were those footsteps in the hall? Are you expecting someone? Sarn leaned against the couch. You should take his son and go. He'd fulfilled his promise, but fear froze his feet to the spot. What if he ran into whoever was coming in the hallway? There would be nowhere to hide Ran. Papa, are you okay? You got pale and quiet, and you only get like that when you're scared. Are you scared, Papa? Ran glanced back at him as he entered the kitchen, but the promised cookies spurred him on. The outer door opened before Sarn could pull up his head map, and Ranisparo strode in. Sorry I'm late. I came as soon as I could. Your note didn't say what the problem was, just that it was urgent. So you'd better start talking. I need to get back out there. And Ari, where are you? Ranisparo stepped into the foyer. Oh, hello, Sarn. How are you? I'm glad you're better. And who's this? Ranisparo crouched when Ran rushed over to say hello. Sarn had told his son probably a thousand times not to talk to strangers, but the boy never listened to him. He watched the tragedy play out in slow motion, but there wasn't anything he could do to stop it. Ran passed by just out of reach. Maybe he could have used his magic to grab the boy, but Sarn didn't call it, and it didn't rush to his aid either. Ran skidded to a halt in front of Ranisparo, and her eyes widened at the sight of him. Hi, I'm Ran. I'm his son. Ran pointed at Sarn. Who are you? Ran thrust his hand out. Ranisparo shook it. I'm Ranisparo. I'm Inari's friend and I work with your father. Her gaze sought him out. Is he really your son? She mouthed that question so she didn't offend Ran. Sarn nodded as he dropped onto the couch and put his head into his hands. You can't tell anyone about him. They'll take him away from me if you do. And I can't live without him. No, nobody's taking me away from you. You're the best papa in the world. Ran crashed into his legs. Damn it. He shouldn't have said that in front of Ran. But it was the truth. Sarn put his arms around his son, but nothing would ever be the same. Too many people knew about him now. It was only a matter of time before everyone knew. Then they'd take the boy away from him. I'm sorry. Inari rested a hand on his shoulder. What's going on? What did I interrupt? Ranisparo rose and faced Inari. 
We have a bargain. He'll come once a week with his son so I can make sure they're both all right. Inari gestured to them. Why wouldn't we be? Rand glared at them as he ticked his points off on his fingers. Papa takes good care of me, and so does Uncle Myron. We play games, we read books, and sometimes we have adventures. But not lately, because Papa is busy lighting crystals and doing other magical stuff. I'm never too busy for you. Sarn hugged his son. I know, but you're too busy for adventures right now, and that's okay because people need light and you must light the crystals. When I get more magic, I'll help you. Rand patted his knee. Sarn hoped that day never came. He couldn't imagine his son with his magic. Sarn didn't know what to do now, either. Should he extract the same promise from Ranaspara? You don't have to worry. I won't tell anyone about him. Ranaspara sat across from Sarn. Do you promise? Rand squirmed until he faced her. Yeah, I promise. Ranaspara leaned forward and winked at him. And just like that, she was bound to her word. Sarn covered his face again with his hands. This time, he wasn't the one who'd bound her. Rand had done it with his little magical gift, and Sarn needed to have a long talk with him about that. Promises are binding for mages, Sarn reminded his son, even though it was too late. I know. Rand patted his knee again. But you needed that promise, and you didn't want to ask for it. So I did it for you. That's what family's for. Rand shrugged, then wriggled out of his arms. Can we have cookies now? And that's the end of the first chapter. So that's all I'm going to read to you this week. Come back next week, and I'll redo the next chapter. And I hope that you'll check out Cursebreaker Revealed. And if you haven't read any of the Cursebreaker series yet, go pick up Cursebreaker Enchanted. It's the first book. It is free everywhere, both ebook and audiobook. The paperback is not free because there are paper and printing costs, but it is also available in paperback and hardback. I hope you guys have a great week, and I'll be back next week. Maybe I'll have an update on Robin and whether she's behaving or not, or maybe I'll be telling you that Ren won and I ended up working on Cursebreaker Jazz. We will see. So I hope you'll come back. And if you're not already, please subscribe to this channel so that you can be alerted whenever I put a video up, either of me giving you an update on things or my audiobooks. Thank you.